The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursiffingpoint.com, by Michter's American Whiskies, and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Fred Minnick Show. I'm Fred. It's so glad to have you back and to be talking about bourbon, whiskey, and one of my favorite all-time musicians, Daryl Hall, ladies and gentlemen, of Hall & Notes, coming up. I can't wait for that. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Rack House Whiskey Club. Rack House Whiskey Club is a Whiskey of the Month club on a mission to uncover the best flavors and stories that craft distilleries across the U.S. have to offer. They ship out full-size bottles, no sample sizes here, and cool merch directly to your door. And as always, with Rack House Whiskey Club membership, shipping is free. It's my go-to to keep my shelves stocked with interesting whiskeys from around the country. Go to RackHouseWhiskeyClub.com. That's RackHouseWhiskeyClub.com to check it out. Use code FRED for $25, $25 off your first box. That's code FRED. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Daryl Hall is um, hes an iconic musician. You know, he's got this um, uh, show on Access TV called live from Daryl's house that, you know, he sips good stuff with folks and plays a little music. And I got to tell you, he is, uh, he is a prominent, he has a prominent palate. That's one, one thing I came away from this. We sip some great whiskeys ahead and, um, I got to learn a lot about him. I've always been a fan, but we had something, you know, kind of tragic in common, um, you learn about that, but we, we unfortunately bonded over a, a very serious illness that we both suffered once upon a time. Uh, this week we're going to do a, we're going to do like a, a, a poll question and I'll read you the results after, um, after the interview. Uh, but, f- and more what that poll question is in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. 291 Colorado Whiskey aims to create a one-of-a-kind, bold, and beautiful Colorado whiskey. Rugged, refined, rebellious. Distillery 291 is an award-winning small-batch whiskey distillery located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak. Owner and founding distiller Michael Myers grew up on family farms in Georgia and Tennessee, across a countryside defined by rolling hills, horses, and whiskey. He set out to create a flagship whiskey that evoked the Wild West. A cowboy walking into a bar saying, give me a whiskey, and the bartender slamming down a bottle, a bottle of 291 Colorado whiskey. Find a bottle near you at 291coloradowhiskey.com Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it, live fast, drink responsibly. Imagine this, an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. 
From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michters gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michters Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michters Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michters Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Okay, so the poll question was, I put this out on Facebook, and if you're not following me on Facebook, it's at uh, fred.minick. You can go to my page over there and like it and get in all the juicy gossip of the bourbon world. Uh, go check that out. I asked a simple question. Have you been drinking more lately? With all that's been going on in the world, you know, the question is, have you been drinking more lately? And uh, yeah, I was really shocked by some of the answers. So I'll read those to you after after the inter- interview. So enjoy the interview with Daryl Hall. A man who sips a little bit of something, something with, uh, with guests on television as well. You guys can go check out his show on Axis. Daryl, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, man. I'm just sitting here like everybody else by myself, hanging out, you know. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a very gregarious person, and you love people. You like having people over. You love entertaining. I got to imagine you're a lot like me and that you just miss being around human beings on a, on a daily basis. You want to know the truth? I'm not gregarious at all. I'm a total loner introvert. Oh wow! You don't you don't <laughs> yeah. come off that way. Oh, it's uh, you know I have there's sort of two two uh, versions of me in the world. I mean, I like to be around people, and I love you know on my show, I love having uh, being in a in a in, in in that kind of an environment. But truthfully, when I'm left to my own devices, I like to just sit in the corner and read a book and, and look at the birds. I'm a I'm a very uh, uh, you know, very quiet, kind of, uh, you know, introverted. Well, not introverted. That's the wrong word. But, uh, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm uh, what is the word? I'm not, a, I, it doesn't bother me to be alone at all. Oh, wow. Well, you know, uh, bird, bird watching and uh, bourbon go hand in hand. There's actually like a little niche community of people who go <laughs> out and go bird watching and drink bourbon. Yeah, sometimes they go bird watching and bird shooting too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that definitely <laughs> happens quite a bit. Now you 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 you've had like I mean, you know we had you at Bourbon and Beyond and you all were great. I co-founded that festival uh, with Danny uh-huh. Wimmer and we just we just we just loved your performance, you know. And it's and it's like the amount of songs that you all have have done that have touched the souls of like lives, you know, whether it's like. Your stuff has played over and over and over and over. It's in commercials. You know, you, you probably hear just walking down the street like, oh, yeah, I recorded that in 83. You know, you, you, you guys have just, you're one of the few, you're the best duo of all time, but you're, you're really one of the few sounds of music that has penetrated all generations. And... I, I, w- I wonder if you, if, do you look back on that and like, you're like, 
man, we, we did something special here or is it just, you know, you're just making music. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I, I look at it. I don't back at it, but I look at it and I think, wow. I mean, I, 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 I see the same thing you see. I mean, it's, it's, I can't go anywhere without hearing my music. I mean, anywhere in the world. And, uh, I, I feel sort of like a world citizen, no matter where I go, people say, Hey, how you doing? No matter you know where I am. And it's uh, all, as you say, all ages, all everything. I mean, there's no distinction with my audience. Um, it's, and it's something that's been that way pretty much my whole career. I mean, I remember uh, when I first started with John, when we were just kids and we used to play in this place in Philadelphia and we, you know, we got, we were just getting started, you know, Getting a, um, getting a following, but the people that we were getting a following, okay, we were just in college, you know, and uh, we were getting, you know, our own age, college kids and all that, so that kind of thing. But then all these people were coming, we're going like, wow, there's old people here. And it was like, there was college kids and there were people in their, whoa, 40s and, you know, whatever. And, and I remember looking at John and saying, you know, I think there's something unusual going on here because everybody likes us. It isn't just people our own age, because in those days, you didn't think like that. It was, it was a real uh, generational divide back in the early 70s, late 60s. And uh, it, we, we cracked that code from the get-go. So I don't know what to say. And, and now we've reversed it. Now we have people who are our own age, and then we have kids that are teenagers and even younger and, yeah. and college kids. And uh, I look at my audience. I see who's standing out there. And, and uh, it's more, more what I'll call young people than, than people even close to my age. You know, and I, and I think it's because you all made real music. You know, I think there's so much there's so much stuff that's out in the world today that you know wouldn't seem the light of day when you all were breaking onto the scene. I don't know, man. I can't define it. I, I think that there's something that I do that's timeless. I, I, the subjects I pick, the, the emotion that I put into it. It's a, you know, it's fun music at its core. Uh, and uh, I think that touches people in, in a special way, and it doesn't. It just goes across all boundaries. And uh, other than that, I, I'm too close to it to really be objective about it. Well, my six-year-old was walking through the house the other day singing "Family Man." <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, there. You go. <laughs> you know, my wife. My wife looks at me and she says, "Does he know what that song's about?" <laughs> <laughs> So uh, better, he, better he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was an interesting moment in the household. Um, man, I, I'm really glad that you were able to come on. Now you are a huge wine fan. You're a wine connoisseur, and you know you can talk to wine at a very high level. What's your what's your like um, what's your kind of background in bourbon? Have you always been a bourbon fan? Have you always have you always liked whiskey? Is there a little bit of crossover there for you? I, for years and years, I, I was very light on on anything other than wine. I mean, I, I, I would have you know the, the occasional martini, have, you know the, the Scotch on the rocks, that kind of thing. But uh, I, I don't know what happened about about ten years ago. I suddenly decided I was going to go in another direction, and I started drinking what I you know brown liquid, brown liquids, and uh, and my first thing was bourbon. I guess I, I you know what it was. I know. I, I moved to Charleston. That's of course, what am I saying? And if you're in Charleston, you drink bourbon. I mean, that's what people do down there. And that's what got me started. And then once I got into it, I really started getting into it for real. And, and, uh, 
took the same attitude about it as I did had done with wine over the years. And uh, I'm the same way with scotch too, by the way. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of scotch whiskey. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's how it happened. Well, uh, I think that the best, the best segue to get into sipping a little good bourbon is just to do it. So um, yeah. we, have, we, have, we have a really, because of your palate, I, I studied your palate a little bit. Uh, because did, you have huh? you have such yeah you I mean your program's excellent and um, how many years has it been going now you've you've had it for a few years now well we started it 13, 13 or fourteen years ago and wow. it's we're, we're we're just showing the old ones now but we're getting ready to, to do new ones so it's been going a long time you know that's that's amazing. Uh, it, that, yeah. that's amazing to me because you were doing, you were doing, you know, beverage programming before anybody. And, you know, I have a couple shows and, and the, uh, the networks look at like, they still look at alcohol, like it's the devil sometimes. So. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, 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 I figured early on, man, if you're going to have a show at your house, with, with your friends coming over and, and playing with musicians and everything, you got to have, you know, you got to, you have to be, uh, have some, some alcohol around and you got to have good food and that's, it's just natural. So, I mean, that's, it all happened very naturally. Well, let's start with, let's start with the old settler. Now, okay. This is not even, this bourbon is not even available. This was made by uh, a guy who is a broker He's a, he's a power broker in the, uh, in the, uh, bourbon industry. And basically he, he buys barrels from distilleries and sells them to people who wants to start their own brands. Well, he came mm -hmm. across, he came across some 12 year old, uh, Kentucky bourbon, you know, from a distillery and decided mm -hmm. to bottle, to bottle it up and give to some friends. And, um, that's what I'm sharing with you here. And I'm actually sipping out oh. of my, my bourbon and beyond glass. You know, I, uh -huh. I, keep, I keep going back to that, but you know, you were, you all were just so great at, uh, at that festival. I hope, I hope you had a good time in, uh, when you were in Louisville because we sure loved having Oh, you. I had a good time. Oh yeah. No, that was a great show. I remember very well. So I got my old settler here. I put it in a glass and I put just a, a couple drops of water in it. Cause you got to open it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people like that. That's what I do. Yeah. So I'm bringing I mean, it. To I drink it just straight. I just, I, I like to, I like the flavor to open up. I mean, hardly any water, not much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't I, use ice. I like to. I, I think you know when it comes to water, like, and so I'm a critic, and so I, I, I just naturally just I, I taste it as it's bottled first, and then I kind of you know do what uh -huh. I want with it. Um. Well, I'll do that if you want. I mean, no, I, you do it. I'm you drinking it my normal way. Yeah, you sip it. Sip it how you okay. normally do. And okay, I bring well, it, I, I put, bring I it put to the nose. A tiny now. bit of water in it. Yeah, a little bit of water. Okay. okay. I'll I'll add some water too. Okay. Well, thank you. After I've had it's, it, so uh, just on the nose, man, this thing is really beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. I got a real balanced. Really a balanced nose. Mm. Um, okay, well, time to taste it. And the proof on it. I guess I should have mm. told you that. Mm. Mm. Hold on a second, I can figure it out. 
it's a little higher proof, I think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's very high in proof. Yeah, I can tell because I can I can taste when on high proofs I can taste the alcohol. You know, I can taste the the actual real alcohol in it, but it's good. It's really good, even yeah, even though it has that. Yeah, it's definitely back in some heat. It's it's got good flavor though. Cuts through it. 120 proof. Mm. Mm hmm. Well, that's me. I would drink that sparingly. Yeah. 120 proof. <laughs> but I would drink it because it's good. It's really good. Now, when you when you're uh, when you're about to go on stage, will you will you have a little whiskey or will you have a little something something? I always do. That's that. I have before the show. I'm very. Um, what's the word? I, I, I have I have a real routine, and uh, uh, I, and before the show, I go in. I, I you know go to my my dressing room, then I go and hang with the band right before the show, and we all sit there, and I uh, invariably have at least one, sometimes two whiskeys before I go on. And then uh, after the show, I have one, and uh, then I that, that is, that's usually what I do. There's not much, maybe one more if the, if the evening goes on. But that's that's pretty much a, a show day routine. Okay. And like uh, like I've talked to a lot of I've talked to a lot of country music singers. They they tend to they've told me that their vocal cords can dry out if they have if they have too much um, uh, whiskey yeah. before a show. Do you how do you <laughs> What's your balance there? Like, how do you keep your your vocal cords well in line? I, I don't. It, it's it doesn't dry my throat. It actually loosens my throat up, my my vocal cords because it loosens me up. But I but I would agree. And I mean, it, there's a there's a line there. If you drink too much, then it's it's not good for anything. It's not mm -hmm. good for your focus or your energy or 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 your throat or your voice or and, you know. So you got to keep you got to keep a, a grip on it all. But uh, I. Uh, well, like I say, I, I have one drink, sometimes two. That's about it. You know, it's interesting. It it it, it might be the country genre, the country music genre, because they, the way they drink whiskey is a little bit different. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes straight from the bottle. I, I, I got a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I, and I, I believe me, in my in my younger days, I, I, I've been there. But uh, no, not, not nowadays. <laughs> I'm very controlled. So there's a real prominent note in this old settler. If you want to go back to it, I want to see if you're picking it up too. Uh, man, I get a big old banana note, like a bananas foster. Are you picking that up? You know, I wouldn't have, I mean, you put it in my head, but I definitely can taste that. Absolutely can taste that. Yep. Yep, yep, for sure. It's uh, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that this one isn't on the on the market uh, yeah. for you yeah. to, uh, to actually buy. Um, so now, is, tell me more about this again, uh, because I it, it, this is uh, a single. It's not a it's not a blend, is it? What did you say it was? So this is uh, so. Let's see what we have here. It it is basically. Yeah, it's a it's a batch. So this is a batch of um, of a of a few different barrels. I would say of twelve year old. Oh, so it is okay. Yeah, so it's not a single barrel. But the thing is, is that this is like I don't even know if this has federal approval on it because the guy just basically bottled mm -hmm. it up for some friends, and 
it, pro wow. it probably does have federal approval and he's probably going to launch his own brand with it and maybe that's going to be one of the first bottles i don't know but it's uh, my well, guess is that it's a uh, uh, barton uh, a distillery in bardstown called uh, barton or 1792 that's a distillery that uh -huh. has a real prominent banana note and they put a lot of their whiskey up on the on the source market uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, i think that might okay. be it so oh. i the the next the next one i want to take you to and the reason why i uh i i sent you this um this uh, this old Shinley, this stuff mm -hmm. is it's a it's a Pennsylvania brand, and you being uh, I know a Pennsylvania boy, figured we might taste a little history here. This Shenley, where was it spelled originally? Where was the Shenley factory? Uh, do you remember or don't know? Well, yeah, it was in. Uh, so they Shinley ended up becoming like this enormous corporation, but yeah, there was a town called Shinley, and. Uh, is that what it was? I mean, uh, Shenley was a local was was a local whiskey in when when I was a kid. Like my grandfather drank Shenley. I mean, it was one of those things. Was there a Shenley distillery near outside of Philadelphia? Uh, so Shenley ended up having stuff all over all over the country. They uh, they once upon a time owned uh, the George T. Stagg Distillery that is now Buffalo Trace that makes Pappy Van Winkle. Mm -hmm. Uh, they owned mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stuff in New York. They owned uh, distilleries. I mean, they were enormous. They were they were the number one uh, company in the in the world for spirits. Yeah, but I know uh, they've been around, man, because I I know this I know this stuff from my childhood. Not this, but I know that I know the name from my childhood. So, not that I was drinking it, but I was watching everybody else drink it. Yeah, it it, it dissolved uh, over <laughs> over time. Um, that you know yeah, it's probably, no, it went out of no business longer. right and it was revived it was, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so 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 the brand the, the the brand you don't really see the brand around but the assets of the company um you know very much are still in play like diageo uh owns a mm -hmm. bunch of it um you know uh -huh. so all the things that shinley touched back in the day still around uh -huh. so this is okay I'm I'm smelling this. This has vanilla, a little bit vanilla in it. It's very different. Uh, it's a very different nose than the. Than the yeah, we we may also want to set this one aside and and let it uh, let okay. it open up a little bit. Let's do that because these older whiskeys, right. you know, they're a little bit more fragile. I, I I nosed that and I was like, yours might be, yours might be smelling better than mine. Okay. All right, let's go to smells, uh, yours. Smells good. Mine's, uh, mine's, I think, smelling a little off. Maybe because oh, you. Well, I'd, I'd have to taste it, but it's, mine, mine smells good. So anyway, we can move to the next one. Whatever. Well, let's go to uh, Four Gate. Okay. Four Gate. Let me find it here. Four Gate. There it is. Okay. And I sent I sent you a uh, uh, batch six, which is uh, finished in cognac barrels. And Actually, uh, this is four gate number four. Oh, is it four, four gate, gate four? four? All right, then, that, then uh -huh. we have the same one here. Uh, so this is finished in new uh, white oak split stave barrels. So they're doing some special experimental treatment there with the barrels after they've gotten uh, uh, their whiskey. Kind of a wine technique. You know, you're starting to see that a lot more in American whiskey. People are playing around with barrels. 
Uh, the problem is, is that it's, you know, technically those things don't really meet the regs for bourbon. So they've had to create a mm. completely different category called distilled spirit specialty. And, mm. you know, something like this would fall under that. Now, whiskey is still usually pretty good. And this, this is a new brand on the market. Completely different. Yeah, this is a completely different nose. This is almost uh, has a little bit of what a aromatic, perfumey kind of smell. Yeah, how much smelling here? Well, very it, different. It reminds me, in some ways, of a real buttery Chardonnay on the approach. Yeah, I was going to say it has a has a, a has the wine winey smell. You're right. It does. It has sort of a white, like a Chardonnay, white wine smell. Mm-hmm. And, and did you, you said that was the barrels they were using? They, they uh, yeah. Them? So they're well. They're so Chardonnay's got no. They're not using Chardonnay barrels. They're, but they're doing uh, they're doing techniques oh. that would be similar to like what some uh, you know winemakers do. Um, but it doesn't smell oaky at all. No, it smells like butter. No, it's got a, Yeah. Not, it's got Give a, a little taste. Yeah, like I said, I, this one I don't have any water. Oh man! I think I just poured my last bit of this one. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. 115 proof. Yeah, until that too. I just put a little more water in to open it up. Hold on, that's a little too alcoholic for me. Straight. So much thinner, thinner than the other one, than the, to the palate. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, th this one, to me, it's it, it, it's a little raw, more raw. It doesn't. It isn't as as, as round as the, as the other one. Okay. So this one, this one's hitting. It, it's a little edgy for you. Yeah, a little edgy. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yep. It's hitting my it's hitting my sweet spot. So yeah. that one that one is. Um, um, it's not hitting my sweet spot, but you know everybody has different different taste buds. That's exactly right. That, that's the thing about tasting is um, is that we all oh, we yeah, all taste all differently. Subjective. You know. Yeah. Absolutely, it's all subjective. I mean, there's certain things that you can that, that you can share, like you said that banana, the, the banana tone. I mean, I could I could taste that once you said that it was absolutely right. I don't taste any sweetness in this at all, though. Mm. It's kind of a thin, um, most acidic thing to me. Nice. So you, when you uh, when you look at so we talk we're talking about this you know subjective nature of of tasting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, music is, is, is really similar where like people have their own taste in music and that's, well, yeah. a, that's evolved a lot in the last, um, you know, 10 years in terms of what people. Well, it, 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 in a good way, 
I, people are making their own minds up about music now. Mm-hmm. The, the the gatekeepers, the great gatekeepers, and the great program directors, and the great uh, record executives that, and 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 even the great. Uh, when I say great, I'm using that word in a pejorative way. Uh, uh, you know, like the Rolling Stone people and all that to, to tell you what you should, should listen to and tell you what's good. I don't think that anybody gives a shit about that anymore. People like what they like, and it doesn't matter when it was written or who it is or what it is. And it, is, it has become very, very subjective because music hits everybody in a different way. It has to do with their own experience and, and uh, what they like, with, with the, the kind of voices they like to hear, uh, the, the tone of a voice, the, the kind of chords they like to hear. The you know, you know, I could go on and on about this, but it is absolutely subjective. And you know, to to that point, like you can you can see in real time the data of what people are listening to through all these various streaming devices, you know, so. Well, yeah, I, I, and I do follow that to some degree because of myself. Um, it's really interesting to see what, what, what moves people and, and all kinds of things do. I mean, it's, it's all over the place, which is a good thing. I, I really think th- th- there's something about the, the breakup of the, uh, the, the sort of the, the mindset that, that was controlling music, uh, and that uh, that is uh, that's a good thing. It's it's really a good thing. It allows people to think for themselves, really, and, and like what they like. What's uh What's an instrument that you've uh, you've always wanted to get into a song, but but you just haven't? You have an instrument you've been you've been wanting to get into a song. Well, you know. An obvious one for me, and, and this isn't anything obscure, but uh, I, I, I think that a, a few of my songs over, the, over, over time, I would have liked to have used maybe uh, to use the pedal steel, in, in, but it, 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 it connotes so many things. Uh, it, uh, immediately, you, you start thinking country as soon as you hear a pedal steel guitar. And uh, it, 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 I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but it, I, I never, I never did it because I didn't want to push those buttons in people's heads. And so that's an instrument that I've never used that I've uh, probably should have used on a few, a few occasions. Hmm. I, I, I'd love to hear a little uh, pedal steel and a, and a hollow note song. What, what song are you thinking that would be a, a good fit for? Oh, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 to, I mean, many, many of them, really. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as soon as you put a pedal steel, as soon as you put a pedal steel guitar in the, in the song, it changes the direction. It takes it. It takes it directly to a, a place in people's heads, and uh, that's why I haven't done it. You know. Okay. Uh, because uh, yeah. Well, let us uh, let us tear into this Pennsylvania whiskey real quick. Which is the Shinley, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Shinley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what did I do with it? Did I put my shimmy aside? Oh, here it is. It has a, see, now, it has kind of a caramely. It opened up. Compared to the other one? Yeah, Yeah. it opened up. I like it. It's the butterscotchy caramely kind of smell. Well, my friend, I I think... I think you got the best of that um, of that bottle because uh, it well, was it's, whatever it's, I got. It's good. I, yeah, because all the I, 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 right now this is my favorite one of everything I've tasted. Well, the, and the reason why I tell you that, so my my goal was to like kill this bottle with you, 
off, you know, with that Pennsylvania story. Um, but what I think happened was the, it got a little oxidized after, because I, I haven't opened this in a while. It got a little oxidized mm -hmm. after, our, after I poured it for you. And, um, mm -hmm. and the remaining liquid in here got a little oxidized. So um, I, it's definitely got, it's got like that cardboard and you know what cork tastes like, you know what all those things taste yeah. like. So it's got like that cardboard this, kind of flavor for me. This one isn't that way at all. No, this one is nice and round and it's, uh, I, I like this, I like this whiskey right here. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it because this is one of, this was one of my yeah, favorites. What, what proof is this by the way? Uh, this is 100 proof, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You see that thing? I tend to like I, I tend to like slightly low proof whiskeys because it, it doesn't the alcohol flavor doesn't it doesn't interfere with the with the you know the flavor flavor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's not uh, this. You know, so far, this is my favorite one. You know, it's interesting too. Is like this is a uh, it, it's eight years old. And to me, that was that was once the standard of what American whiskey should be aged to. And then after mm -hmm. that, people, you know, in the in the '90s, people started really, you know, uh, getting excited about things that were over 15 years old and in their 20s. Yeah. But eight years old, to me, is is like the magical number uh, when all the good mm. things start happening to whiskey. So if you get a, get that perfect eight-year-old barrel, I mean, it can be, mm -hmm. it can be fantastic. And so. You know, if you think about it, in the in the forties when the distiller was making this, um, you know, they they were doing things with different grains. They put it in in a, in a barrel that was from different wood. You know, there was no GMO. Mm -hmm. The water was different. No computers in the distiller. Oh, I mean, so yeah. it's a little bit of history. Yeah. There you go, man. Hmm. All right, so let's get to. Now here's this is this is an exciting one for me. Sinclair, uh, the French lick. Okay, uh, what, what am I looking at here? Uh, the I don't know I don't remember how I labeled it for you, but it should be spirits of French lick or Lee W. Sinclair. Oh, got it. Got it. it was All right, hiding here. Okay, let me check this out. Let me check this one out. Right. And this one is 109 proof. Okay. Have you ever been to French Lake, Indiana? No. They got a casino there. And, um, but there's a, there's a, a rising star distiller uh, in uh, in French Lake. So this is made at a little bitty tiny distillery uh, in Indiana. Hmm. And this is, the recipe on this is uh, they're using four grains, which is not typical: corn, wheat, oats, and barley. I sense it's a, a little bit of what is that? It's a there's a certain kind of there's a certain sweetness in the nose. Um, yeah, I, the... it's it's like a bread sweetness, you know, like, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. There it is. I mean, these are it's it's funny. These are all distinctly different. Every one of them. This is. I like the uh, smell of this one. Yeah, Daryl, you're you're fun to taste with because you really do you apply 
you apply your background in wine to this and this mm -hmm. is fun. And once again, I'm going to put, I, I just tasted it without the water, but I, I really need, I always need some water. I'm just open, open things. Mm. It's, this is a, it's a little thinner. Uh, I don't know how to put it, the viscosity or whatever. Uh, but it's, I can't place the flavor of this. They're all, they're all different, man. Yeah, I, 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 this, okay, so the, the main flavor for this on, for me is a, uh, you know those big old fat pieces of uh, wheat bread that have like little little nuts in them, like sunflower seeds and stuff, and they're they're cut really yeah. thick. Yeah, that's that's what it tastes yeah. like to me. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I dig that one. What do you think overall, like though? A, is, is it your is it your jam? I think I think I like this for a second to, to oh, the show. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's saying something sure, right though. there. Well, it's hard to say. You know the old story. Mm -hmm. Once you have three or four of these, then you start losing your uh, <laughs> you know distinction of tasting these things. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, you definitely, um, you definitely are tasting just slightly differently. Yeah. So what do you, uh, when you are, when you are relaxing at home, what, what are you pouring for yourself? I've been drinking, I've been going back and forth between things. I, I, I'm, I'm really into Isla Scotch and I, I'm particularly like Bowmore. I mean, that's my favorite Isla Scotch. And, uh, and I drank that, and I and I and I got some really good rye because occasionally I like some rye, and I got some Willets, Willets mm. rye, which mm -hmm. is great, really good, really mm -hmm. good stuff. And I drink that occasionally, and uh, then I go back to Blanton's, you know, because Blanton's is the, it's Blanton's, it's great. And uh, sometimes Woodford uh, Reserve uh, the Double Oak one because it has that Double Oak flavor. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, what else have I been drinking? Uh, yeah, the other rye, I drink whistle pig sometimes if I want to go the rye direction. So they're they're the ones pretty much. That, that that's that's pretty much it right there. Oh that that's a that's a pretty solid uh bourbon collection you got there. <laughs> you uh Yeah. Now, now when you're when you're on the road, do you go out shopping or have people go shopping for you? Because like that's you know, you have act a lot of access points. Yeah, I do. And, and what I, what I do is I have a writer, right. And I leave it up to, I, I put down various things to give directions because I know that the person that's going out, uh, is not the promoter. It's a runner that's in a, you know, in a van and he's going out to the liquor store. He says, uh, you know, uh, 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 all of us want the, uh, you know, your best rye or something like that. And and you'd be surprised with the stuff you get I, just because the the liquor store says, sure, okay. And he slaps it down on the table and it winds up in my dressing room. So you never know what you're going to get, but I, I have a pretty, I get a pretty good collection through doing that kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's got to be an honor for a lot of do, do they do the do the runners tell the liquor stores like, hey, this this is for Daryl Hall, or are they a little bit more coy? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's just some kid, probably. You know, usually runners are are just you know they're down at the bottom of the totem pole, and they you know they're runners, and they go out and get stuff, and, mm-hmm. and when uh, and you know they just fill the rider. So I I, I try and give semi specific direction without saying i only want this because then you just get the one thing right i like to be surprised nice nice well you're uh you you definitely you definitely are off to a good start now after this i'm gonna make sure you uh you you get a little bit more arsenal in that collection uh one of the things that uh i love to taste with people is this wild turkey revival now, just mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, when I when I tell you when I say wild turkey, what what comes to your mind? Yeah, from a brand I think of deer hunting. Yeah. I think of a five o'clock in the morning deer hunting, and getting out there with my father and and a couple other people, and uh, and, and and after you come down your initial coming down from the tree stand, you go out there and uh, go to the local bar and and have a couple shots of wild turkey. That's what I think of. Yeah, oh, wow, that's you got like a story, like a story there with your dad. I love it. <laughs> a lot of people associate wild turkey with like biker bars and just kind of like that general like, uh, um, you know, shenanigans of bourbon. But they're they've got a lot of really great whiskey that I don't think they get enough credit mm-hmm. for. And uh, I'll be curious to see what you uh, to see what you think of this one. Now, this is if do you like sherry at all? like uh sherry yeah sure i love sherry so this is uh this is bourbon finished in um oloroso sherry cask so you know it it, i don't know if it's because you're suggesting it but as soon as you said that i i smell i can smell the that exact thing i smell the nutty sherry smell in it i absolutely do and it's 101 proof oh i like this this is really good Again, I tasted it straight, and now I'm going to just put a drop of water in. Oh, this is good. Yeah, this would definitely be good to take back to the tree stand. <laughs> Love it. What do you What do you shoot with? Oh, I, I stopped shooting because I got Lyme disease, and I I, I fucking hate deer now. <laughs> You know, I got Lyme. I got Lyme disease too. Yeah, I I got well, that when I was in the middle. in the woods gets it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, was, that's when did you get it? I'm sorry, what did you? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I I got that in uh, 2003 when I was in the military. And oh, really? Uh, yeah. Where did you? Where in the military? Where, where were you stationed? I was at uh, uh, Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, and it was right oh, before. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of it up there. Yeah, so Wisconsin and and like uh, Pennsylvania's bad, New York's bad. Well, that's right. You know, that's yeah. that's my world. Pennsylvania and and upstate New York. I mean, that's where I got it. Yeah, okay. and you know. I'm I'm the same boat. Like I I don't go out in the woods as much as I used to because of that that fear of ticks. And 
No, it's a shame, man. I, I mean, I was a woodsman, as you can tell, and, and I, I, I'm nervous about just. I mean, I live in the country. I'm sitting here talking to you right now, looking out into the into the woods and in a field, but uh, I don't really walk around so much out there because it's it's it's. I don't want to get you know. I don't want to get bit again. It's it's a mess. It's it's really a drag. Yeah, I was in the hospital for nearly a month. Were you? And oh man, you got a bed. Yeah. And I had like, um, I had like slight encephalitis, which is swelling of the brain. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, and it was just, it was just awful, but I know they they killed it. Well, good for you. Uh, uh, Did you go to a Lyme literate doctor? How did you, how did you get tested? Yeah. So the, the doc that I saw was in Milwaukee. His name was Dr. Buggy. And yeah, and this buggy, well, that's a good. I know, kind of an ironic name for the uh, uh, for the treatment here. Um, but he um, he he specialized. He actually specialized in helping people with HIV. And you know, Lyme uh-huh. Lyme disease was well, like his a lot second of specialty. Exactly. There's a lot of similarity between the two diseases. Obviously contracted differently, but but there's there's a certain immune system and the way it, the way it attacks your 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 cellular system and all that. So I can understand why he would have gone that direction. Uh, did he just give you massive uh, doses of antibiotic over a period of time? Yeah, I got uh, I got a pick line, and mm-hmm. and and he he ran rocephin, you know, straight into me. Um, yeah. And yeah, how about yourself? How did you? How, how, how did you get well, it treated? I have a great doctor. I have a great doctor around here in upstate New York, uh, Richard Horowitz. And, and he, uh, it was, I, I didn't have, I luckily didn't have to spend any time in the hospital. And I didn't even have to really go on a drip. I, I, I probably should have, but, but I didn't. But I just took massive doses of antibiotics over a long, long period of time. And finally, I got ahead of it. And I still have flare ups. I mean, I'm sure you must have something, you know, it doesn't just go away. Uh, but I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I have my flare ups, but it's, it, it's, it's manageable. That's the best way I could say, but I don't want to get, I really don't want to become uh, reinfected. That's for sure. Yeah. My, my left side of my face is, is numb. And, uh, oh, of, God. yeah. So one of the things that I got, palsy? Was, yeah, I got Bell's palsy and, yeah. um, it, yeah. it, it went numb. And, and so like, sometimes when I smile, it looks like, um, you know, you can still see some of that effect, but yeah, oh, you know, man. you know, I, I went to hey. some of those support groups and the people were, were like in, in wheelchairs and, you know, couldn't oh, speak. Know. It's just, uh, it's, I know all about it, man. I've been, it's, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's, it's pretty freaky. I don't think that, that people realize, many, many people don't realize uh, how bad it is and how bad it can be. But, yeah, you know, that's, that's that's life, man. It is, and life is it, weird. <laughs> it is weird, and I'm and I'm glad that even in this um, in this pandemic, we can still have whiskey and and, and talk about it. So that that's right. That's the you have to look something. at it that way. I think. Yeah. What it, What's your thoughts on the on the wild turkey here? We got sidetracked a little bit, but you. I know. I've been I've been sitting here, kind of sipping it a little bit. It's it. I like it. I, I like it a lot, actually. It's um, 
it's it's definitely not the, the not the, the the wild turkey I used to drink. That's for sure. It's mm-hmm. it's got more uh, complexity. Um, I can't quite put the, it's a there's a certain it's not round. It's 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 good. It's 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 slight astringency. Uh, I can't quite place the flavor. It's not oaky. It's not bad. It's a another flavor. I think I'm gonna have a little more of it just to see. You can tell I like it. I, I, I'd like to. I don't want to. I don't want to say something and influence your your palate. I think that's that might as that might have been happening a little bit in this conversation. I don't want to do it's that. It's almost. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's almost birchy. Yeah, that, that's how it's hitting me. It's almost that flavor. It's it, it like um, I'm tasting like birch bark kind of flavor. I mean, that's the best way okay. I can say. Now but let's say my taste buds. Let's. Let's let's take a look at like have you ever had a roasted chestnut, like, you, sure, like over open fire or whatever. You know we 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 hear yeah 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 sure. I get a big chestnut note in this, uh, you know, there toward the end, and it it stays yeah. in that kind of uh, sherry wheelhouse where there's a lot of those nutty flavors and some apricots and you know then the bourbon stuff kicks in. Uh, a little maple syrup in there for me too. It's it's I've I've always really liked this one. I like it a lot. It's got, it's, I, I get the, the, the nutty flavor. I don't get the chestnut. Actually, now I'm, I've just had another sip of it. I don't, the, the, that birch idea went away. I get the, I get the sherry thing. I get the, the nutty sherry thing. I don't, I don't get chestnut though. That does, that isn't hitting me because I know that flavor, but <laughs> Hey, it's my taste buds. That's right. Now this next one, uh, the Warbringer. This there's a reason yeah. why I saved it for last. Um, this is an American whiskey that is basically smoking their corn with mesquite. And this is made in okay. uh, this is made in California, and you know similar to like what they do in Isla, like using peat to uh, uh-huh. you know, f- for the barley. They're doing that yeah. with, with corn, but using mesquite, and so. This is a very American, um, very American style of a of a smoke, and it does not. This is not a this is not a known brand. It's not really out there, uh, but I really, you know, because of your of your wine background, I wanted to kind of take you around, you know, the United States a little bit, you know, from mm-hmm. both a a vintage perspective in like a new age and uh, kind of like a, a brand that's good that you wouldn't think is necessarily good. And this one here is a, this is just, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, this is out there in right field. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna absolutely hate it. I read, this is an easy name to remember because I've read about this in, in my, my news apps and stuff. I've, I've read, and I've heard about this, this, this particular whiskey. Let me see here. Well, you, you said already, you know what? It's, it, it smells like rose corn. It smells like what it is. It, it, has a, it, has smelled, it smells like rose corn on the barbecue. 
I just tasted it. I just tasted it um, straight. And I'm going to put a little water in it. But I certainly don't hate it. Let me see here. Let me, let me live with this a second. This is different. I got to say, these guys came up with some different stuff. Yeah. It's, it's nothing like, like you know, I like kind of scotch or anything. No. It has its own, its own complete direction. Yeah, they uh, they really they really kind of broke the mold here a little bit with with this. Yeah, they, they, uh, this is this they get big marks for invented this year. And that's one of the things. Like, if you're a new whiskey brand coming out, you're sitting in the boardroom. You're saying, like, what can we do to be different? How can we be, you know, different than everything else on the shelf? Yeah. And but that's that's a that's a loaded thing because you can try to be different and wind up really going in the wrong direction. I mean, yeah, it's it's like anything. You can be you 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 can try and be different. It's it's. You know, it's easy being it's easy being different, but easy being good different. That's all the story. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Hmm. Well, it they, it's true to what they do to it. It it tastes like they roasted some corn. It tastes like roast corn. Yeah, it really does. It's as close as I can say. Yeah. Maybe maybe you say it's got a brisket note in there because you you know mesquite's usually used with brisket, but you know. Well, maybe I, I to me that corny flavor because it's like a roast. I guess it's the roast part, but yeah, like roast corn on a barbecue. That's what it tastes like. Which I guess you you you'd think the mesquite, which is true. This would be this would be a good one to drink with with, with barbecue and stuff. I mean, this mm-hmm. certainly is a complementary to that. That's a good point. All right, so we've been yeah. through the we've been through the lineup. We've been through the lineup. Yeah. Is Chinley still your favorite? It's I think the Wild Turkey Revival or the Chinley are my two favorites. I, I I think it's a tie, it's a tie there. Maybe leaning a little bit toward the Wild Turkey Revival. And then coming in third, we have uh, Spirits of French Lick, the uh, Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would be third. And then, then I'd put the roast corn guy here, the Warbringer. Wow. And, uh, and then the last one is, uh, what did I drink? This four, the four, the, the four gate one, I think I like the least of yeah. the, all of them. So I you, think that's what I said. I can't remember. Yeah. So you, you, picked, uh, you picked two small-scale craft distillers over a, uh, a 12-year-old Kentucky bourbon. That's that's impressive. Well, there you go. Which is the which is the twelve year old Kentucky? Uh, uh, old old settler, old settler. So you oh, picked, settler. yeah. So you picked uh, Sinclair. Yeah, I didn't know the the old settler. I just I just uh, tasted it again. Hmm. No, I'm sticking with what I said. That's great. Well, that's a big yeah. that's a big big win for uh, a little bitty uh, these two little bitty distilleries. Um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. because here, here's the thing: is like, yes, it's true that all of our palates are different, but yours is actually trained. 
you know, you're, you're trained in the field of wine. And that's where my background is from, is, is from wine, from a mm. tasting perspective. And, you know, it, it's one thing for someone to say, I like this one more than that one, but you can actually articulate what you like about it, which is not always the mm. case. And I, I thought you were absolutely spot on with everything. I do regret that my bottle turned on the old Chidley, but I mean, what are you going to do? The bottle's old, you know, and it just, okay. it happens, you know. It does happen. It does happen. Have you ever cracked open yeah. a bottle of wine and was like, oh, crap, this is corked. I just spent $800 oh, yeah. on it. Oh, yes, I did. I, You know, it's a funny thing. I, I stopped drinking wine for a while, and I had in my cellar. I, I didn't even go in my cellar for a long time. And then I went down there and I started turning the bottles and I, you know, and I, and I, I, I didn't even know what I had. And oh my God, when I found out what I had, it freaked me out actually. But, uh, and, uh, but, uh, I, I, I did open a couple and they were just shit. They, you know, they, they were past, it wasn't even they were past their time. It just, it, it was very a shame really. But, uh, you know, that's happened to me more than once. I promise. Yeah, that's, I hate it when that happens. And, you know, I just, I just spent like, uh, I did a little mini documentary on, uh, on cork in Portugal. And uh, the amount of testing and effort that they do with cork, it's, it, mm. it, it, it amazes me that, you know, that there would be anything going forward, because that's probably one of the most advanced like industries that touches like a beverage uh, right now is the pork mm. industry. It's really high tech at, at the moment, but of course all those corks well, that are defaulting on us are not from the current age. They're from a different time. Exactly. But I'm, I'm glad that they're, that the cork industry is, is, uh, is, uh, sticking around because I was really worried that uh, for a long time they were talking about, you know, artificial corks and all that that don't breathe. And it was, I, I was dead against that idea. You know, I'm, I'm a believer in, cork cork uh, in, in in a wine bottle for sure you know i am too and and, and the other thing is when, when we look at it from a from an environmental perspective or a conservation you know those synthetic corks you know those are made from plastic and there's a big I impact know. on the environment and cork is just shaved yeah. off the tree you know exactly it's all hey been people have been using cork for how many years i mean you know Mm -hmm. centuries something like wine you don't mess with it man you know once you don't mess with a good thing and and it's all part of it it's all part of the of, of the aging process and the breathing process and the, you know the way of the way wine matures in a bottle you can't mess with that stuff yeah and you know, i taste plastic sometimes and I've tasted it blind. Like I've, I've called it out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was like, this has plastic in it. And sure enough, it's mm -hmm. either got a screw cap uh, with some kind mm -hmm. of like film underneath it, uh, or it's got mm -hmm. um, a synthetic cork, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I, I've, I can, uh, I've had the same experience. But cork, the reason yeah, why they cool. don't use it, sometimes it's a little bit more expensive. And, you know, you're building out your mm -hmm. bottle. You want to save some money, I guess. Yeah. Well, if you're making a wine that you care about, then you don't think about like that. I mean, you know, we're dealing with the, the finer things of life here. That's this right. This isn't about trying to save some money. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
unless it's barefoot or something like that, you know, yellowtail, you know, that, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's okay. They can, they, they can have their screw caps over there. And they can do they whatever can... they want with that shit. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're not sticking that in the basement, uh, store for 10 years. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be sorry if they do. Yeah, what would a what would a ten year old barefoot taste like? You know, like it's been aging in your in your cellar for ten ten years. What would that taste like? Probably pr- probably tastes like barefoot. <laughs> like a ten year old barefoot. <laughs> oh, I love it. Ah, so so we're we're coming down the stretch here and the pandemic and everything looks like the world's kind of opening up just a little bit. Is there anything uh, new with the world you want to share? Any new, um, any new content you coming you, you got coming out? Maybe, a, maybe a new song. Is there anything that you want to tell the world right now? What you got cooking? I'm trying my best to to work on. Uh, I'm actually working on a Hall and Oates album, and I, I had so many false starts here because of this situation. And I'm working on it on my own. You know, John sent me a few ideas, and and I work on it with a a, a producer I've been working with. Uh, who is Dutch. So that becomes a problem because he was coming back. I was going over there. He was coming over here and now we can't do that. So that, that got, uh, you know, set, set the, on the back burner. Uh, I've been doing some stuff with uh, uh, producer Mark, Mark Ronson, who is a famous producer. He sent me some ideas. I've been working with him, but it's all, you know, it's all haphazard and remote and it's really hard to get into a groove with it. So it's, it's frustrating, but I have some amazing things going on uh, as far as the recording goes. And uh, so I'm doing that. I got the show that's back on the air again. Um, I'm just waiting to get back in front of people, man, you know, like everybody else. So you got, you're working on a new album. What, I mean, I know it, Yeah. I know it's got to be crazy doing that, but, what, but what's the process to be working on an album right now? You, you mentioned a little bit of it, but do you, you're out of your routine. There, that's here. what I mean. There is there is no process. There is no process. I got on a roll with with the, this uh, 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 this Dutch fellow's name Jet Rebel. His name is Yelta, and uh, he's an unbelievable producer, singer, songwriter, player, everything. Uh, and and he and I were working together up until right up until this all fell apart here in the world. And uh, he was over here in in my studio. I was in his studio, and John was getting ready to come in and join the project. And then it all went to pieces. So we're back to, we're not, I wouldn't say we're back to square one at all because I have a considerable, I mean, I have a lot of tracks cut, uh, but they're just tracks and uh, ideas that are not complete. And uh, that's where I'm at with it. And I don't, you know, I tried doing, I tried doing remote work like uh, you know, uh, WhatsApp and all that kind of thing. And it just doesn't work. There's no substitute for being in a room with somebody and, uh, and, and, and bang it out face to face, eyeball to eyeball. It's it's a relationship that you have with your with your coworkers, and uh, I, I, so I'm just uh, I'm just being patient. That's the best word I can use. And know? I imagine too that you and John, you guys just have like you know each other's looks. You know what you're gonna say before the other finishes the sentence. The sentence, you know. So, you know that's hard to do in in the virtual world. That's what I mean. And it's John and I. Yeah. I mean, we have a telepathic relationship. 
uh, but they, uh, that's what I always try and develop with the other people that I work with. And uh, it, it's a it's a real relationship that you develop when you're writing the song. You are really getting it's like it's like psychotherapy when you when you write a song with somebody or or even produce a song. And uh, uh, yeah, you, you can't really do it so easily you know, in a remote situation. Well, I know we're going to get through this, and I also know that your music and your TV show on Axis is is helping others get through that. You know, does I hope you can take at least a little bit of um, you know joy in knowing that your what you create means so much to people right now because people do lean on a lot of hollow notes and they're watching you a whole bunch on on the big tube. I do I do appreciate that. Take you it, and I'm, I'm very uh, honored that uh, people feel that way about what I do. And uh, yeah, I'll, that's my responsibility to give give something back to you know, back and forth, um, you guys and me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for for coming on. It it is a real 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 pleasure. I mean, I listen to you all the time, and, and there was a couple times when you were describing a tasting note. Uh, I was like, oh, it's like uh, Sarah Smile, or oh, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you <laughs> man eater. It's it's great. It's great talking with you. Um, you just you you you've got a you've got a great palate, and I'm I'm so glad I could introduce you a little bit to to the whiskey world, and um, you know, there's gonna be more whiskey coming. Maybe maybe uh, maybe that's on the on a future show, and you know you you pivot from wine just hey, a little anytime, bit to a, to a whole barrel anytime, of whiskey. Man, just, you send me the stuff and I'll talk to you about it. No problem. Right on. <laughs> okay. All right, Daryl. Well, you be safe out there and uh, I really appreciate you, you coming on. All right. Thank you, man. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. It wasn't Daryl great. I just think Daryl is like this. He's an iconic. Um, I mean, he's, he is probably on the short list of everyone's like top you know top vocalists uh rock vocalists of that time pop rock i mean he their music just touches so much you can't really walk down the street without hearing a hollow note song and daryl hall's voice is is powerful you know he can he can hit many levels so that was an honor for me to sit down or actually skype with uh, someone so amazing as uh, as Daryl Hall, and I just I just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So uh, now the question that I asked on Facebook was, "Have you been drinking more lately?" This poll had uh, a lot of votes, and sixty seven percent said yes, they have been drinking more lately. Uh, like uh, Dan Williams says, yep, trying to drink up all my best stockpile before the end of the world hits. A lot of that. A lot of people think the end of the world's coming. And so they're drinking up their good stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, about the same. Uh, Steve Berman says, yes, ever since I turned 21, my intake has greatly increased over time. <laughs> Chris Irvin says, no more, no less. Rebecca Alves what is considered lately, you know, since the pandemic or the protest started? I would say yes with all that. Uh, Joe Hollander, pandemic is not always a bad time if you are with a loved one. New, fi new finance and loving life. So congrats on that, Joe. 
Jim O'Connor, and because I've been avoiding going shopping for my budget-worthy daily drinkers, I find I'm certainly drinking better as I keep tapping into the good stuff. Now, that is something that I have been doing as well. We are cleaning bottles out at the Minnick House, and I would say, yes, we have been drinking more. And um, and you know what? It's It's been... It's been responsibly, you know, but um, I, I think my analytical tastings have gone down and I find myself uh, enjoying the companionship of my wife more with uh, um, with with a drink. And uh, that is I think that's how it's supposed to be. Not on maybe the frequency, you know, that the pandemic has caused, but you know what? Sip responsibly. Enjoy. Enjoy a good dram. But not to the point of intoxication every day. I think that's kind of how I look at it. And so that'll do it for this week. Let me know what your intake has been. Have you changed it? Is it more? Is it less? Is it about the same? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. I'm just really curious from a societal you know, perspective of those of, of those of you who are, are drinks enthusiasts, like where you, where you stand on like how you've been in taking alcohol during the pandemic so that'll do it for this week make sure you're clicking the subscribe button on this uh give us a review on the podcast where it really helps with the algorithms and we uh this podcast started in um in january and it is uh really really taking off but we're still under like the threshold of 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 reviews to kind of get noticed by Apple. Uh, so if you can go over there and take the time to to give us a review on Apple, I really appreciate that. It would mean the world to me. And um, But uh, I'll go ahead and sign off with saying a big shout-out to my producer, Pamela Furr. Uh, Pamela's also a news producer, and she has been busy. Oh, my goodness. So busy. But thank you, thank you. Lots of news out there these days, so... But thank you all so much for joining me. It is an honor to to speak to you every week and bring a musician and think about all the stuff that's going on and hug a loved one and know that we will get through this, hopefully with a good dram of bourbon. Until next week, everybody, cheers. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursippingpoint.com by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.